the four most important pieces of any foreman position. Mm -hmm. uh, those are to make money for the company, yep. to effectively drive work. We need to be pushing work forward and actually getting it done. Uh, we need to manage the budget and manage the schedule for any any scopes that we're responsible for. And lastly, but I think probably most importantly, is managing the state of the crew. I think everybody has worked on a project where the crew did not really get along, did not really gel right, nobody really liked each other, and every day it just felt like kind of like being underwater, like getting stuff done. And I also think we've all been on, hopefully, we've all been on a project where everybody just was kind of having a nice time together, we kind of joke, we get along, everybody feels like we're all moving in the same direction, and work just clips along. And that's not a coincidence. It, we get more work done when we're happy to be there. So creating that team who is happy to be there, that's your job. 100%. Welcome to The Critical Path with Mary and Jason, a podcast about business development, company culture, and loving the place you work just a little bit more. It was springy. I'm, I'm, I've had a whole cup of coffee now. I'm like ready to podcast now. This is episode... This is... Episode. Are you going to make fun of my typo? Because I just was like trying to record while typing with one hand off to the side. This is episode 70. And we're going to be uh, doing something a little bit different in this episode. So for our form and basic training program that's starting next week, we have a companion podcast that is cut specifically for participants of form and basic training. So when we were building the program... We, we know as trainers that it's actually a really important, everybody hates homework, but it's actually a really important component of teaching for them to, at some point after they walk away from you, before they come back and see you again, for them to kind of unpack everything in their brain. The more times that we think about a thing, the more likely we are to remember it. It's like every time we access it in our brain, even if we don't do anything new with it, we're remembering it, we're, we're building those memories. On average, it takes hearing a thing seven times before you remember it. So we felt that it was really important that they have some kind of homework to, to help keep them accessing this stuff in between classes. However, we also know that foremen are busy people. They have lives, four men they have and work. Four women are busy people. Four women. That's, uh, Cabri said that in a oh, yeah. post somewhere, and I was like, I thought that should be a thing. Zoink. Yeah, so maybe we should call it four people of the future. Four person. Four people. So we we really wanted to make room for them to be able to do this, this out-of-class work without it having to be heavy. And to make the time and space even to read a chapter from a book is a lot. So this Foreman podcast series is exclusive for this course and it's a companion to our training but we thought that we would share the first episode with everybody yep so you can get to kind of get a sneak peek into what what we're talking about what we're doing uh, and and how we're approaching this whole form and basic training program get ready for the intro music oh it's good oh are we going to share the intro music oh i think we have to okay. it's amazing <laughs> I, I said it in the episode i will say it again now it feels like we're making a ford truck commercial buy my truck I work oh, hard. We don't have a truck. Here we go. So here it is, the Foreman Basic Training Part 1 Course Review. Welcome to Foreman Basic with Arcade Wayfinding. This is Part 1, Foreman of the Future. We're your hosts, Jason and Mary Sturgeon. 
In these short audio refreshers, we'll review the important stuff from the week's lessons to keep your out-of-class work quick and easy. Ready? Let's, Let's rock. rock. <laughs> that was a lot. I know. It feels like a, <laughs> we're making a Ford commercial, right? For your truck. For a Ford truck, for That's sure. Right. <laughs> but here we are. In part one, we're going to be talking about setting up your expectations and the expectations of those around you right. And what the form of the future really looks like. We we use that term in this session, form into the future, and it sounds cool and it sounds sci-fi, but it's true that what form and need today looks different than just a few short years ago and will continue to change at a faster rate than it did for our dads. The majority of us, even in the in the field right now, and generations before oftentimes didn't really receive any type of formal training and so we're going to be going through some of the high points of our first session together and this is just a refresher to kind of review the things that we talked about and put bullet points on the things that are super important. When we were building Foreman Basic Training uh, we knew that it's really important to bring the material that you're learning out of class with you in between the sessions to have some time to think about it. Uh, and so out of class work is a really important component of learning this stuff. But we also know that people who are working in the field and have Families. lives and responsibilities yep. and hobbies, uh, we have a lot going on. So we thought that creating these audio review sessions would be a good way to do the same thing as give you a reading assignment, but make it something you can listen to while you're on the go, while you're taking care of whatever you need to take care of. Driving to and from class. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, hopefully though, sometime other than just right before and right after <laughs> class. So uh, when we're talking about the foreman of the future, what, what the foreman role will look like before long, we're talking about a couple of different things. One that is normal, that comes from foreman of, of yesterday, is that you have to be good at the trade. You have to be good at the work that you do, and it's important that you do continue to hone and continue to focus the mastery of your skills, specifically your skills. Uh, but in moving forward in time, one of the key differences is the expectation that you're good with people tends to get higher and higher. So it's more critically important that you have a strong mastery over what you say, how you communicate, the words that you use, because you will be held to a higher level of expectation than field leaders have been ever before. Being a foreman doesn't just mean being a tradesman, it means being a leader. So in these sessions, that's a lot of what we're gonna be talking about is what does a leader look like? How do you lead people? Because I think we teach trade skills to people because they need to know them to get the work done. And we often don't teach leadership skills and we're not born knowing how to do it. Yep. Holes in soft skills, communication, leadership, conflict resolution, all of those are things that we hear from leading companies every day that these skills are some of the most important that their people just don't have. So this is a big part of the focus of what we're doing here today. The other major component that is critical for a successful foreman of the future is having mastery over technology. Absolutely. So even if you uh, think that you can skip out on technology, this will quickly come to a head. And it's important that you get comfortable with being uncomfortable, uh, that you get comfortable with the idea that learning, 
that learning new technology, that learning new tools is just part of the role. That is part of the expectation for the foreman of the future if you want to participate at, at the highest levels. Mm-hmm. So we talk in session about the idea or, or the, the parity, the, the comparison between running your field crews and running a business because in many ways leading your field crews in its own way is a little bit like leading your own small business. So if you remember the exercise we did where we talked about reasons why businesses fail and then how those correspond to our projects that we run all the time. The reason why businesses fail looks an awful lot like the reason why our projects fail. And it's not a coincidence. No. they, they look very much the same, they act very much the same, there are differences, but if you approach your projects like this is your business, this is your livelihood, then you're going to come equipped with a different mindset than you might otherwise have. Absolutely. It's critically important, as we talked about in session, that in the foreman position, you understand your specific value to any project. Without a good foreman, a project is tanked. So most of us have been on a project and there was somebody in the field, not a leader, somebody in the field who we all agreed wasn't worth shit. <laughs> they, they weren't performing at the level. They didn't carry their weight. Yep. They didn't know what they were doing. They were a screw up. And I know you guys know that guy because we hear about him all the time. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> so those jobs, those projects who have a person on that team who isn't pulling their weight, those could still be successful projects. However, when we talk about projects where the foreman was a mess, the foreman was not in control of the team, the foreman did not run the project appropriately, it's much, much harder for that project to be a success. When you're leading 10 people, 15 people, 20 people, whatever your crew size is, the mistakes and the errors that get baked in are multiplied. You never talk to people about a project and they say, oh, the foreman on that project is such a mess. And you go, oh, well, how's the project going? And they go, great, everything's great, (laughs) it's wonderful. That's not it. So the truth is who the foreman is and how the foreman is managing the project has a huge impact on the success of that project. And we need to understand how much our projects rely on us as foremen. If we remember from session, Uh, We shared that 90% of small businesses have revenues less than $1 million. If you think about the number of dollars that that foremen are pushing, that you're pushing out in the field, many times field leaders push more work than that, push more dollars than that. More money than the average small business owner. You have more influence and more ability to affect the outcome. So it's super important that you understand the gravity of the role and take the right open-handed approach to learning, to understanding that tech is your friend, to understanding that it's okay to be wrong and it's okay to make mistakes. So just getting your head around the idea that you have a huge ability to influence the outcome of your projects is a great starting place. Yeah, absolutely. So for a, a quick overview of the series, in week one, we're gonna be talking about understanding your role, getting comfortable with with accepting the position of foreman, understanding what that means. What does the foreman of the future look like? Next week, we're gonna be talking about building and training your team. So how does culture play into your job site environment? Uh, how, what kind of ecosystem have you created? 
what kind of game have you created for your people? Do your people want to work for you? Or do they want to work against you? Or do they not want to have anything to do with you? Well, I think people who find themselves in the foreman role, they know how to build buildings. Mm -hmm. They know how to put assemblies together. They know how every piece matters, how uh, every tool matters. And it's important that we understand that our team is exactly the same. Every single person on the team is a component of what we need to get this job done. And how do we how do we work with them in order to get where we need to go? In week three, we're talking about managing relationships, and we're talking about client relationships. We're talking about designer relationships, JHA uh, relationships. We're talking about managing your culture and creating an environment where we encourage our team to ask questions. Uh, then we move into communication. So in week four, we're talking about how can we become active listeners? How can we reimagine the way that we interact with our, our people? We need to think about uh, communicating better with the people that we report to and be sure that we're actually giving them the data that they need, even if they're not asking for it. Again, this is the place where in construction it's easy for us to get focused on the physical. So it's important that our materials are there. It's important that our tools are there. It's just as important that the right information moves through the right people. And that's really what our focus on communication is about, is how do you get the information to the people who need to have it. In week five, we're talking about conflict resolution and proactive problem solving. So we need to create the right environment that we've been building upon in previous weeks. And we're talking about how can we create an environment uh, for solving problems? And what is the smart process to actually go about solving problems? And we should be teaching this stuff to the people that we're leading as well. If every team that you threw together always just worked in harmony and everybody just got along and everybody said, oh, it's all about the project, then leaders would not be the valued commodity they are. Being able to manage people's bullshit, being able to manage- And be able to call it out. Yeah, when, when because when you lead a team, sometimes people in that team don't have their stuff together and they are gonna act unreasonably. So a lot of times with conflict management, we hear, well, it would be easy to deal with conflict management if everybody wasn't like being so dumb all the time, but that's, kind of the whole thing here is that people are going to act unreasonable things are going to happen and we need to be able to manage that stuff that is the number one part of a leader's role is to keep people pulling in the same direction that is your job and i think that's what i'm trying to get at here is that we often hear leaders across the board in all places all in construction well in all industries but but project managers and executives as well as foremen and superintendents who say you know I just don't want to deal with that drama. That's not my job. But it is. But it is. Yeah. It is. And it's how you keep people moving. Right. In week six, we're going to be talking about uh, metrics and metrics of a project. How can we track all of the details that we need to track? How can we communicate that information properly? And how can we ask for support? When, when do we throw a flag? When do we know that we need a hand? We're going to be going through all of that in week six. And I think in the field, we hear the word metrics and we feel like that's all the stuff that they measure in the office that we don't need to worry about. But the truth is, all metrics means is it's a measurement of something. And in the same way that if we don't measure 
our dimensions right, everything is gonna be messed up. In the same way, if we aren't somehow getting our heads around our productivity and whether we're keeping pace, then our project is gonna be all messed up. All real measurement happens in the field. Mm -hmm. I'll just leave that there. Well, the field is the first line of defense for a project. We teach that all the time. The field is the first line of defense. So as the foreman, you are the leader of the first line of defense for your project. And eyes and ears. And understanding the metrics that you need to understand is an important part of that. In week seven, we're going to be talking about understanding the true responsibility, the whole responsibility of what it means to be a leader. And we're going to be talking about creating a culture where you can create more leaders to follow behind you, to pull up behind you. Because as a foreman, being able to lead a team is a really valuable skill. If you are a foreman who we can throw any team to you and, and you will be able to make those people work together and get the job done, that is super valuable. The only thing that's more valuable than that is if you are someone who every single person or most of the people that we throw in your team end up also becoming strong leaders. If you are teaching the people that you are leading to also lead and you are generating leaders, the value of that is enormous and where you can go in your career is unlimited. Anywhere. Anywhere. And week eight, I'm really excited for this this graduation. So we've been learning and we've been working together over eight weeks. We will have been by the end of this series. And we will bring in a number of industry experts, seasoned vets, and we're going to expect all participants of the class to share some of what they've learned in a presentation for those leaders and then be able to ask them questions and share ideas about their experience versus yours. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna be learning about, we'll be learning before week eight about how to prepare a presentation, how to present information, how to share information. Uh, And then this will be your chance to get to actually present and to meet some other leaders in the field and ask them your questions. No reason to be afraid. Everybody will be perfectly prepared. Yeah. We got your back. So we talked as we went through our review here about all of the sort of soft skill sessions because uh, since we're in week one, you guys might still be getting your heads around the way that this is going to work. We're going to have two sessions a week. And one of those sessions are these leadership skills. These uh, people call them soft skills. I don't like the word soft Mm -hmm. skills because I feel like that implies. They're less important. Yeah, they're like sissy skills. (laughs) And I think they're really important. Uh, But anyway, so we talked about these leadership skills and these team skills, uh, but also the second session of every week will be more uh, what you would think of as hard skills, the construction, tangible tangible skills, technology, construction and technology specific skills. So let's just really quickly run through what those sessions will look like. And we don't I don't think we need to describe them as much because I think these guys know what these things are. So in week one, we'll be talking about blueprint reading, the importance of drawings and specs, and going through the use of Bluebeam, Yep. the PDF uh, viewing, editing software. So week two, we're gonna be talking about RFIs and submittals. You guys don't know what those are, you'll be learning soon, but I think most of you do. Uh, And we'll be focusing on some of the different construction software that's out there that you guys work with every day. Week three, we're gonna be talking about scheduling concepts and scheduling software. And so we're going to go through bare bones, a bare bones review of of how to set up a construction schedule and what are the important pieces to watch for inside of scheduling. And we're gonna be working with Microsoft Project for that, which is a lot of fun. So if you don't have Project, 
don't worry, because we've got you covered. Week four, we're talking about successful project mobilization and kickoff, and we're going to be using Microsoft OneNote to be able to share and collaborate information and task tracking on projects. The idea of a mobilization checklist is so huge, and there are so many people who don't necessarily have that process at all or don't have it all the way built out. So. Week five, in, in our conflict management week, we're going to be talking about uh, BIM, uh, virtual modeling, uh, 3D modeling, and building being, information modeling, mm -hmm. being able to navigate more complex drawings. We're going to take a look at how you can work with those things, how you can look at them on a tablet right in the field and why that's useful. And also we're hoping to put together a demonstration of how you can work with your 3D models with an Xbox controller, which makes it a lot easier for people who don't spend all day at a computer to navigate those environments. Week six, we'll be talking about how to effectively track profitability and productivity on your projects, and we're going to be using Microsoft Excel mm -hmm. to create some simple tools to be able to manage production rates. Yep. We're not going to go deep in Excel, even though I would love to because I'm a huge Excel nerd, but we're going to just stick to some kind of quick and dirty ways to be able to make friends with Excel and use it to be able to get to numbers you need. Week seven. We're going to be talking about running strong meetings and team task management. So this comes into how do we run those meetings that we need to hold regularly and how do we keep track of who's doing what and what needs to be done. We're also going to be showing you some tips in terms of using Microsoft Outlook mm -hmm. to be able to make that weight a little bit lighter for you. Yep, and we'll look at it a few different kind of ways of managing tasks because that becomes more important in today's construction projects. And week eight, we're going to be covering project punch list and close out and project debrief best practices. So we're mimicking the full project life cycle of starting a project and finishing a project to wrap in this week. So for week eight, we will be requiring everybody to use Microsoft PowerPoint. So if it's not something that you've used to date, feel free to check it out. We'll also be covering that, I believe, in week seven. Yeah. It's, it's in the list. So we're going to actually walk you'll, you'll through. be prepared for we're gonna it. Help, we're going to help them start creating their slideshows. So that's the overarching view of the program. And we want to touch on, again, the four most important goals, the four most important pieces of any foreman position. Mm -hmm. uh, those are to make money for the company, yep. to effectively drive work. We need to be pushing work forward and actually getting it done. Uh, we need to manage the budget and manage the schedule mm -hmm. for any, any scopes that we're responsible for. And lastly, but I think probably most importantly, is managing the state of the crew. Yep. I think everybody has worked on a project where the crew did not really get along, not really gel right nobody really liked each other and every day it just felt like kind of like being underwater like getting stuff done and I also think we've all been on hopefully we've all been on a project where everybody just was kind of having a nice time together we kind of joke we get along everybody feels like we're all moving in the same direction and work just clips along and that's not a coincidence it we get more work done when we're happy to be there so creating that team who is happy to be there that's your job 100% and in the case that, that the project or forces outside of your control uh, negatively influence your team, it is also your job to buffet and, and to protect 
the team members that you're responsible for. Mm -hmm. So we talk about the fact that you manage like you parent and you parent like you manage. And if uh, there's a big storm and our power gets kicked out, it's our job to make sure that our kids are okay. Even though it wasn't our fault that the storm happened, even though we had no control over that, still, if we get out flashlights and all hide under blankets with our little kids and we say, it's cool, this is fun, it's a party, everybody's gonna feel different about it than if we say, well, kids, hopefully nobody dies. <laughs> go to your rooms and go to bed. Good luck. Right? And it's the same, I think, with a construction project, that it's easy for us to feel like if whatever's happening to impact our team, if it's not my fault and I have no control over it, then it's not my problem. Mm -hmm. But in the same way that we have to look out for our kids, even when it's not our fault, we also need to look out for our teams, even when it's not our fault. So we in session talked about the importance of visible values, the importance that you show and you live and you express your values as a component, a core component of your leadership. And hopefully you can all remember what the values were that we kind of came out of that workshop with because every single one of you should know now what your what your value, what your leadership values look like. Yep. So we will be talking more about this concept in the future, but it it is vital that you you give the proper importance to owning it, to making sure that if, if there's a problem, if there's a question, if there's a mistake, you put it out there that you own 100% of your responsibility. And as a team leader, you own all of the mistakes that are downstream from you. Mm -hmm. And it's important that you develop the right atmosphere for the people who are working under you that they feel safe and comfortable so that they can own it and learn how to own it as they move forward in their careers. Yeah, absolutely. Creating an environment where everyone has the authority to stop work, to pause work if there's a safety concern is 100% your responsibility. Even if that means it's in the face of a customer, even if that means it's in the face of the public, it's more important that we empower our people to be able to stop and to pause work until we can verify that conditions are safe. This is your job. The truth is, as the foreman, everyone on the site, really, their life is in your hands. This is life or death, and it's easy to forget that because we go to work every day and we work every day and nothing bad happens, so it's easy to forget how quick and easy it could be for somebody to get hurt really seriously so that they can never work again or for someone to end up dead. Mm -hmm. So you need to always approach safety in that way because if someone got really badly hurt on your watch, not only do you not want that to happen for their sake, but that would stay with you forever. And if it wouldn't stay with you forever, you maybe need to question whether foreman is where you belong. That's right. So we, we go through a number, we went through a number of soft topics talking about leadership, but we're also, we also gave you some tools related to your own organization because your own organization, your ability to keep your responsibilities and your tasks straight and your job site organized is directly related to your profitability. It's directly related to how smoothly your projects can be executed. Yep, well, and we talked about this in session, but if you think about the best foreman you ever knew, 
chances are that person was very organized. Uh, it's not often that you hear someone say, well, that guy was the best foreman I ever knew. He was a mess. He didn't have anything figured out. He didn't know where stuff was. He lost paper all the time, but he was still a really great foreman. Being organized is part of being a really great foreman. So the first part that we covered in session is making sure that your to-do list is present. Do you have a to-do list or not? And all in one place. So we want to make sure all of our, our responsibilities are consolidated consolidated in one spot. Mm -hmm. and, and ideally it's electronic so that if you drop your mm -hmm. case, if you drop your, your briefcase, you don't have a briefcase. briefcase? <laughs> My dad had a briefcase. Of course he did. <laughs> if he dropped, if he you had drop. A, he had a bag phone too. He did have a bag phone. <laughs> if you drop your stuff into the sound, into the lake, into the river, uh, you still have all of your information safe. We, with our to-do list, we want to make sure that we're prioritizing and we're prioritizing in a number of different ways to make sure that we have the best understanding of our responsibilities. We want to include milestones, so we'll be talking more about this in scheduling as well, the use of milestones, but if there's a problem, milestones give us the ability to detect that there's a problem before it becomes irretrievable, before we can't fix it. So we want to break everything up into milestones so that as soon as possible, we can tell that we're falling behind. And also related to organization is site organization. Literally, where are your materials? What is the proximity of your job shack uh, to, to where you need to do your work? Uh, what is the, the distance traveled for all of the material on site? We need to be thinking about how many steps we'll be taking to be able to access our work and get our material there. Mm -hmm. and we talked about the concept about creating a plan of attack for our projects. Mm -hmm. Specifically, have we developed a strategy for how the material will flow, how the people will flow, and timelines that are associated with that. Yep. So before we move on to the next section, I think it's time for our question of the week. Okay. So um, great, great spot for it. Yeah, so we really want you guys to listen to these audio kind of assignments. Uh, so what we're going to do is inside everyone, somewhere random, we're going to bury a question of the week. And if you don't know what we're talking about when we ask you about the question of the week, we'll know you didn't listen. So the question of the week this week is, what happened to briefcases? <laughs> do people still carry them? Do you guys know of anyone who still carries a briefcase? Or do we not carry briefcases anymore? Did laptop bags like murder the briefcase? Is so, that what happened? So we're going to have everybody write this question on their board in secret and then share it in session. So and then we need to know your thoughts. Mm -hmm. What happened to briefcases? Or are we just crazy and they're still a thing? There we I go. I feel like they're not. Every year for Father's Day, we used to give my dad a new briefcase. Where did all the old ones go? He threw them away. They were always bad. Like It only took a year for my dad's briefcase to be a wreck. <laughs> so. <laughs> so what happened there's, in those cases? There's our Easter egg for you. There it is. So moving right along, we're talking about the idea that our organizational system, it's an investment. So we often hear, I don't have time. I love to be organized, but I don't have time to be organized. I don't have that energy or time to get that done. The, the investment that you put into organizing your site, organizing your responsibilities, organizing your team will pay you back many more times if you invest that that time into organizing everything and it also prevents 
uh, colossal mistakes and it also keeps your site looking nice and tight mm -hmm. and it also keeps your people safe. This is a lot like maintenance of your tools. Mm -hmm. This looks like you know, making sure that your cords are are not cut or frayed, making sure that your ropes are in good condition, making sure that you have sharp blades, uh, making sure that the guards all work properly. And so, if you don't take the time to do that, you know, I think of the, in Indiana, I know they don't use them here, but you used to use the pneumatic nailers, mm -hmm. right? And if you didn't keep those like oiled and cleaned, and cleaned yeah. then all of a sudden you would find yourself up on the roof yeah. and just fighting with your stupid nail gun all day instead of getting work done. Well, or worse yet, if you have a tool that 10 people are relying on mm -hmm. and you get out to the job site and it's not there for you. Let's say the generator is not working. Mm -hmm. Now you have 10 people sitting there. And this is some of the magnification uh, of why the foreman role is so important because your organization of the site, making sure that everybody is laid out cleanly ahead of time, you have the ability to magnify your problems or magnify your production. So if taking care of your tools, if you can spend 10 minutes and not lose six man hours due to everybody getting stopped up by this tool that doesn't work, it would be silly to say you don't have time for that 10 minutes when you're gonna save six hours of headache. And organization is very much like that. You spend the time so that you don't lose it in other places. In the last piece that we're going to be talking about in this podcast episode is the importance and the critical nature of your role as foreman, as field leader, to be aware of the individual gifts that your team has, that your individual team members have, the individual gifts and the individual obstacles. So think about this for a minute. How effective as a foreman would you be if you looked around the job site and you looked at all of the tools on the job site and you didn't know which ones should be used for which tasks. Right, so we've got a, a list of 50 different tools and we just randomly assign them to tasks, mm -hmm. not based on what they're good at or what they're bad at. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, what could you hammer nails in with that you should? Sawzall. Yeah, you could hammer nails in with a sawzall. Sure. And, if, and you could do it. And if that's the approach that you took to getting work done, your jobs would be messes. And in the same way, we do this with people all the time. We put people in places where it's not what they're meant for, it's not what they're good at, and the more that we can put people in the right places so that they are doing the thing they are best at, they're doing the thing that they're most valuable at, not only does our work get done faster and better, but those people are happier, because generally we're pretty happy doing the stuff we're most valuable at doing. So coming up, Later this week, you will be will be talking about uh, reading drawings and specifications and what's important about that and what we need to know. So look forward to that. We will see you in part two. Yeah, see you in part two. I was a project engineer on a hundred million dollar project, and we had a window sub that was overperforming. They were behind schedule, but they were behind schedule because we put them behind schedule. They did that a lot on that project. And so my boss, he was the most tyrannical, most monstrous person that I've ever worked for. I went to him as a project engineer and I said, we need to reward these people because we had 75 iron workers and glazers on our job. And I wanted to, to acknowledge all of the overtime, all of the weekend work that they had been putting in. And 
I, I went to my boss and I said, hey, could we buy pizza for these guys and send it down because they've been doing a great job? And he said, yeah, sure. Okay, so then flash forward to Monday morning, and actually, I so that's a great thing to do as kind of a uh, an up and coming leader is mm -hmm. to, to give everybody some lunch. Yeah, and so it was a couple hundred bucks, yeah. and uh, so I went to the, the iron workers and glazers superintendent and said, "Hey, just tell everybody not to bring lunch on Monday because uh, we're going to buy you lunch because you've been doing such a great job." Yep. So flash forward to Monday, it's 10 a.m. I'm getting ready to go put in the order to Pagliacci's and I go to my boss and I say, hey, just double checking. Uh, I'm going to be putting in the order for the pizza. I wanted to make sure that we're still cool. And he says, what the f are you talking about? <laughs> and walks away. And I am dumbfounded. He did that a lot where he would just basically say something and then just walk away from you. So then I got up. And I walked up to him and I said, what do you mean? I, I didn't swear. I said, what do you mean? You what little, am I talking about? Little project engineer yeah, I didn't know anything. And he said, they didn't finish, so I'm not buying them anything. And I said, we knew they weren't going to finish. There was no way that they were going to finish. They're still weeks and weeks and weeks out. This is a big project. And, and what changed? And he said, no, I'm not doing it. They didn't finish. So I had to take the walk to talk to the superintendent. The walk of shame. Yep. And and I was a broke project engineer, right? Single family income. I was not working at that time. We had two little kids. And I had to go tell them that we're not going to buy them pizza. So keep in mind that you have 75 iron workers and glazers who intentionally left their lunch at home. <laughs> and uh, I walked up to them and I said, hey guys, you're not gonna believe this. And they looked at me and they said, you've gotta be kidding. <laughs> I didn't even have to tell them what, what had transpired. They, they knew this guy. They knew. Uh, and their response was, it's okay, we'll, we'll just get it. We'll just take care of it. Uh, so then they went and bought pizza for everybody. Yep. And their crew asked, did, uh, did, the, the GC buy us uh, lunch, and they said, no, no, they'll get it next time. Mm -hmm. But I believe that, that we saw a difference in production. I believe that we saw a decline in, in the tenor, in the, the camaraderie on the site, mm -hmm. because of that one little action. Yep, because they knew that, that basically you and your team backed out. Yeah, we let them down. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're back. So that's how we are doing homework in our new, improved, not new, improved, just new. So <laughs> new if you're listening, basic training if you're listening program. to the podcast, be sure that you don't share the secret question with the attendees. Yeah, don't tell them because they need to listen to it in order to be able to get their their check mark that they yeah. did their homework. Make sure that uh, you don't make it easy for them. But you can email us. Mm -hmm. And actually, I would love to see like a, a missing poster with a briefcase <laughs> on it. <laughs> that would be great. So Jared, I'm looking at you. <laughs> so anything else? Uh, we have a lot coming up. So next week, we're going to be having a live stream. Oh, this is the Construction for Change and Sextant. So on October 7th, we have a live stream set up with 
with Shannon Bunsen from Sextant Foundation and Kevin Hunter from Construction for Change. So if you want to check out that YouTube live stream, go ahead and check it out at Arcade Wayfinding forward slash YouTube. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one because I think, you know, there's a lot of doom and gloom in the world right now with what, month seven of lockdown and all of that stuff. So I think it's going to be really nice to uh, hear some about some companies that are doing some good in the world and kind of get that other mindset. You know, when we were talking about some of what they're doing in... They're literally saving babies. Yeah. Well, and it's that there is a, a birthing center where they would just randomly lose power. They didn't have access to steady power and how they went in and basically changed that and made it so that they did. And so, you know, I think it's really easy to feel like stuff is rough right now and it is rough right now. But then when you look at what it looks like in some other parts of the world, it really helps you get your head around a better perspective. Provide some context. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that one. And then on October 13th, we have another live stream scheduled with BN Builders where we're going to be getting a peek into their VR, AR, uh, processes for running projects. Yep, the future of virtual construction, and of course, you know I'm excited about that one because nerd. I'm a nerd. Am I right? Nerd alert! <laughs> Here know, we are. You know what? <laughs> you can find us. You can find us at www.thecriticalpathpodcast.com or at www.arcadewayfinding.com. If you want our YouTube content, you can just put a slash forward, forward slash YouTube. Oh yeah, that's probably worth talking about. We're, we now are at arcadewayfinding.com forward slash YouTube, all one word, uh, and that'll get you to our YouTube channel where we're starting to put more video content, although this episode was not video. There you go. That's like... The uh, our original audio podcast listeners, those are like they're the OG. OG. And they get special episodes that the, the video people don't get. <laughs> Watch for it. Watch for it. <laughs>